Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you for making a plan for us that we could stand even during fiery trials that come upon our life. Lord, I pray that you would take this word and use it for your glory and for your honor today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thinking back when I was growing up, I remember if the radio was playing, most of the time it was the radio. I remember when we first got a television, it was black and white. But there sometimes would come on um, an occasional test of the emergency broadcast system. And it would simply say to those of us who were listening or viewing, this is a test. For the next 30 seconds or to a minute, this is only a test. And then you hear that boop a little bit. And then at the end of that sound, they would say, if this had been an emergency, you would have been told where to tune to and what to do. The way I see it today, this is an emergency. For the next how many days only God knows, we're going to be under some fiery trials. And who's going to take care of all of this? Don't ever forget this today, that God is on his throne. No matter what we have to go through in this life, he is still on the throne. It makes no difference what the government decides for us as the people to do. God is still on his throne. And the cross is empty. And the tomb is empty. And Jesus is on the right hand of his Father making intercession for you and me. Soon to come back would be the best thing that could ever happen in this world. You know, every Christian who lives a godly life experiences certain amount of persecution. You know, I think about on the job, the young man said, I think I'm the only Christian in my department, for I hear cussing constantly. They know who I am. They know what I stand for, but there's no respect. The student said, they make fun at me at school because I carry my Bible. They make fun at me at school when I try to share Jesus with somebody. You know, those people who resist the truth oppose us as Christians. We're opposed. Discovering life is not easy. Never has been. And it never will be. But I just want to share with you, if you have your little outline there, overcoming fiery trials. You've probably heard this before. If you have, okay. But we are experiencing fiery trials as a nation. Where was our nation 200 plus years ago? 
just getting off the ground, just getting started. And many of those men were men of God who wanted it done right and who wanted it done according to the Word of God. But yet, hey, we... Hey, we have allowed it to get so far from the pattern that it's not even funny anymore. It's a serious thing when a man can't do what he feels like God wants him to do without being made fun of or, 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 or told to go home. Well, I have a mask in my pocket, hand sanitizer in my pocket, Try to stay alert. For in an hour when you and I think not, the Son of Man, that is Jesus, is going to come. Now I'm going to tell you, at that time when that trumpet sounds and that voice shouts, if you are walking around on this earth at that moment and you have never invited Jesus into your heart. Listen to me. It will be too late for you. Jesus himself, if anybody knew, he knew. He said, today is the day of salvation. So these fiery trials, you say, well, I don't know. I ain't had no fiery trials. Well, if you're on the devil's side, no, you're probably not going to have too many fiery trials. But if you're on Jesus' side, the devil knows it. He knows if you love God or if you do not love God. I think I made mention of this last Sunday. What if today as we walk out of this building that the armed guards, Satan's armed guards are standing there saying, I want you to sign this paper. And once you sign this paper, you're giving up your right to, to serve the Lord Jesus. In other words, you're turning against Christ. Would you be willing to sign that? Or would you be willing to go and die for the cause? It could come to that. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm blessed. I, have, I don't know how many Bibles I have. I mean, some of them, I don't even know where they are. And hopefully if they come to take our Bibles away, you know, there'll be one somewhere. That's why it's so important to read the Word every day, to pray every day, and to memorize what we can. Fiery trials, overcoming fiery trials. First of all, there's the source. The source of these fiery trials. Consider the source. Uh, as a Christian, we can expect persecution. I think sometimes if people, people that know that we are Christians, they do things just to see how we're going to react. What does it take? Listen, what does it take to get your blood boiling? You know, driving is becoming more and more difficult. The highway is more and more full of vehicles. Now, whoever that person was that hit this little 19-year-old girl, they know what they've done. And unless they turn themselves in, that will haunt them the rest of their life. You know the problem with us? We don't want to face the consequences. 
There are consequences for sin. And the source of that is the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the liar, the cheat. That is the source of all this stuff. You know, but on the other hand, the source for us is Jesus. Uh, there, there is no other source. Uh, words, uh, you can't be saved without Jesus Christ. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. You can't be saved without the Word of God. I mean, you know, when we, when we read the Word of God, God wants it to speak to us. Why in the world did he allow the Bible to be for, for, uh, invented or put together? Why did he allow that? So his young'uns can read and know what's ahead. You know, that's the thing about God's holy word. That's the thing about us who are saved. We know what's in the past. We know what's going on right now in the present. But this right here gives us what the future. The only book that you can count on for the future is this Bible that tells us what hell is like. That tells us what heaven is like. That tells us where Jesus is right now. But it also tells us that no man knows when Jesus is coming back. I want you to consider the source. If you're lost, your source is Satan. You might say, well, I love God. Well, listen, you can't love God and love Satan. And if you're lost, you're on Satan's side. And you need to get off of that side and get on the right side, which is Jesus' side. So not only the source, but when we think of these fiery trials, overcoming them, you've got to consider the Spirit. Look at verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, in other words, if you be scolded, blamed, made fun of, for the very Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Now listen to me, rest. When I sit down on my front porch in the rocker, I sit down to rest. I don't sit down to exercise. I sit down to rest. And many times I'll just push forward and put my head back and whatever happens beyond that, I'm not responsible. Rest. The Spirit of God rests upon us as Christians. In other words, he has nowhere to go. Rest upon you. Listen, on their part, that is the devil's part, Jesus is evil spoken of. But on your part and my part as a Christian, he is glorified. Can you and I rejoice in our suffering you know, when we suffer, none of us have suffered like Job did. None of us have ever lost what Job lost. None of us have ever suffered like Jesus suffered. But yet he knows what we go through. And when we think about the source, we think about the Spirit of God. Uh, you know, we are blood-bought.
you think about the blood. Somebody asked a question one time, many years ago. We were on a mission trip somewhere up north. And the question was this, just how much blood did Jesus have to shed to save me? Well, according to the Bible, he shed it all. But, listen to me, one drop would have done the job. One drop would have done the job. Now, when we think about the source, if you're lost, it's the devil. If you're saved, it's Jesus. The spirit, well, you know, the devil has his spirits. He's loose on the earth. He will be loosed. <clears throat> Excuse me. He will be loosed until Jesus locks him up. And the thing about it is, you know, locks, some, some locks can be so complicated today. Those that you got to roll and get the numbers all lined up and hopefully when you jerk it, it's going to open and sometime it don't. You get frustrated. You go back and you make sure you're putting the right numbers in. I had to go in a house and the lady gave me her code. And so when I got there, I saw this little box and I pushed in the code and mashed the button and nothing happened. I thought maybe I mismashed the button. Look at it again and making dead sure I mashed the button. Push it again. Mm, nothing happened. I ain't got time to stay. We get ill, we get upset. So finally, I, I evidently got it touched just right. Lynn says I mash it too hard. You know, I'm experiencing having a, say, a, a smartphone. Oh, I'm still struggling. <laughs> People call me and say, did you call me? <laughs> Probably by accident, but it's so good to hear your voice. I'm struggling right now. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Jesus has the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and the place where Satan and all his followers are going. Hell's real, y'all. Listen, hell is real. Jesus had more to say about hell than he did heaven because it's real, and he don't want anybody going there. You say, well, if God is so loving, surely he won't send me to hell. No, he won't. You sin yourself. You pronounce your own sentence. You either accept Jesus and all of your sins are gone. How is that possible? I don't know except God so loved you and me that he did. He's already paid the price. The source. The spirit. Then we also must consider the stuff. You know, this stuff bothers me. Look at verse 15. Peter says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer. Do you know we can kill people with our look? We can kill people with our voice let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief 
or as an evil doer. And get this next thing. I'm satisfied, I'm sure. There's probably not a one of us in here that's not guilty. What he says, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Sometimes people don't witness because they say, well, it's none of my business how they live. Yes, it is. It is your business how they live. And the Bible talks about speaking to people about their evil ways. Listen, how are they going to know they're on the wrong track if nobody don't tell them? Hey, how many lost people you think every day picks up God's word and reads it? Probably very, very few. I've witnessed to this man, if I called his name, there's probably not a person in here that don't know him. I've witnessed to him, I don't know, countless times. And the last time I witnessed to him and begged him, I said, you just need to be saved. He said, let me tell you something, preacher. I've probably read the Bible more than you have from cover to cover. He said, it's the most gruesome, bloody book I've ever read in my life. He's got to make a choice. He is intelligent. He's so smart, he's not funny. But he won't accept Christ. I don't understand it. Why would anybody want to die and go to a place called hell where the fire is never going out? These exit signs, if something happens in here, we know what doors to go through to get out, but there are no exit signs in heaven. There are no exit doors. The Bible says when a person enters hell that the demons rise up to welcome them into hell. No excuse. You know the story in the Bible of rich man and Lazarus, he's still waiting on that drop of water. I can't imagine a fourth thing. We not only need to consider the source and the spirit and the stuff, but we need to consider the support. Look at verse look at verse sixteen. Look what he says now. Yet if any man, woman, boy, girl, suffer as a Christian. Notice what he says. Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. It's not easy to go through suffering and not complain. You know, I don't know, and people, all, everybody has a, a suggestion as to what I should do about my knee. Basically, it's my left knee. If I had on short pants today, you could see my right one is straight as it can be. The left one is just like this. It won't, it won't straighten without pain, without suffering. And just the other night, some of you that saw me I had been sitting too long. And when I stood up and put weight on my left knee, it went out. I mean, hey, 
If I hadn't had a chair close by, I would have fallen. It's just that, that's just the way it goes. You know, oh, take this, do that, have surgery, do this, do that. And the doctor says, uh, have you fallen lately? I said, I fall every week. <laughs> I fall every week somewhere. I'm always looking for a good place to land. You know, how am I going to land here? And when I'm climbing on a piece of equipment or getting off, I'm thinking, now, if your feet go out from under you, you look around, see where you're going to dig off to. See where you're going to land. Uh, you know, it's, it's, suffering is not easy to go through without complaining. Man says, my head hurts. Well, I understand that. I've had a headache before. My back hurts. I understand that. I've had backache before. Oh, well, my knees is hurting. I understand that. I've had that before. But nobody but God himself <clears throat> knows just how much you and I suffer. Now, when we think of Jesus this week, on Friday, when he was crucified, this coming Friday, God turned his back on him because he could not look at sin. Sin is a horrible thing, and when you spell out sin, you see me, I see you right in the middle because it's I. I am responsible for my sin. I can't blame my sin on nobody or no situation or no circumstance. I have to blame it on me. You know, that support. There is no support from God for those who deliberately go against him. There's no support. On that day that the lost crowd is cast into hell, they, will, they may be screaming, God, forgive me, please. Sorry. Deadline's over with. You've already passed over. There's a big guff fix. You might be able to see, but you'll never enter into that. Now, thank God I'm saved. Thank God the land is saved. We're going to be together forever. Now, when we leave this world into heaven, not as a husband and wife relationship, but we'll know each other as we were known. Can you imagine going to heaven and your spouse not being there? Can you imagine going to heaven and your young'uns not being there? Can you imagine going to heaven and your parents not there? Don't mistreat your family. Get saved. Get right with God before it's everlasting too late. I mean, what do you do? Some people are so embarrassed they would never walk to this aisle and say, Preacher, I want to be saved. The older people get, the further away from the cross they get, and the further away they get away from the Holy Spirit dealing with them. You know, there is a sin unto death. Well, you can reject Jesus if you want to. You can say, I don't care nothing about him. I don't care nothing about his church. You go right on ahead because you will stand before God and so will I and give an account of our life of everything done in this body. You may be a good person. I mean, you may be a good 
good person, good husband, good wife, good daddy, good granddaddy, good mama, all of that. But it's no good unless you have Jesus in your heart. Okay. How are you going to overcome these fiery trials? Consider the source. You're either living for the devil or you're living for, for Jesus. Consider the spirit. The devil has his spirits. And so does Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God. All this stuff. We need to flee from this junk. And then consider the support. The support. God is there to support us. Jesus, hey, when a person is saved, I just can't help but believe Jesus takes a pen and writes our name in blood. And he says, Father, another one has come home. Well, last of all, consider the search. Look at verse 17. For the time is come, look what he says now, that judgment must begin at the house of God. God hates sin, especially when it's in his house. When members of a church can't get along. When members of a church don't like the preacher, don't like the deacons, don't like Sunday school, there's a problem, and it's a heart problem. You know, sometimes we need a bypass and begin to love people. It's time for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if at first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God. What's going to happen to them? Look what he says. Verse 18. And if any righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? I'll tell you where they'll appear. They will appear before God and give an account of their life. Wherefore, verse 19 says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You know, trials are going to come. I'm closing with these little short statements if you're writing. Trials are going to come. They come through people. They come through problems. And they come through prosperity. Problems. Again, they come through people, through problems, through prosperity. Through people, when those problems come, we become stronger, or we should become stronger. When those problems come, through problems, We ought to grow wiser through those things. When they come through prosperity, prospering, we ought to be more thankful for what God has done, for what God is doing. So today, right now, hey, it's decision time. Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. So I ask you, I ask me, where, where are we today? Where are we in the lineup 
with God? Is he first? Or I just haven't thought about it lately. Well, today's the day. You're either going to go out of here lost or you're going to go out of here saved. It's not my choice. It's your choice. I've already made my decision, accepted Christ, to follow Jesus. No, it don't mean I don't have a, a, a carefree life. No. There's always trouble. There's always problems. There's always suffering. But I know again, as I started out this morning, I know who's on the throne. So I beg you, I plead with you. Today is that day. Don't put it off. This little 19-year-old girl, do you think when she left home that she knew she was going out into eternity that evening? No. No way. If she had, she'd stayed at home. All of us have an appointed time to leave. Age has nothing to do with dying. I beg you, accept Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to call you our Father. Thank you for the privilege today to share your precious word. Lord, I pray that uh, if there's any person in this room, God, that's never accepted you as their Savior, Lord, give them the courage to do that today, please. Lord, I, as pastor, I don't want anybody under the sound of my voice, I don't want to be responsible for them going to hell. Lord, give them the courage to come. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse my heart and hear my prayer. I know without you I'm nothing, but I know with you I can do all things. So give our people courage to do what you'd ask them to do today in Jesus' name. Amen. In whatever way God might have spoken to you, don't let the word embarrassment keep you from coming. Don't give the devil a victory. Give the victory to Jesus. Brother Dean, what are we singing? Out of thine own way, Lord. Let us stand.
you be seated, please? Ella, come stand with you, preacher. And a girl. Little Ella Vincent, come this morning very early. Amen. She wanted to be saved. Amen. Hey, give God a hand. Yeah. Listen to me. Little Ella and one of her friends have been doing a Bible study at school. And so I says to Ella, I said, you think God spoke to you through this Bible study? Yes. The Word penetrated the baby's heart. And this morning when I was leading her in the prayer accepting Christ, she was almost running ahead of me. <laughs> I was so thankful, so proud for Ella. And so I says, Ella, you want to come forward this morning and join our church? Yes. So I wonder, what's the privilege of receiving Ella this morning? Amen. I want to see your hand and hear a hearty amen. 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 So I says, Ella, you want to be baptized? Yes. Yeah. But she said, you may not want to do it this way. I said, what way is that? She said, I want to be baptized at my house in the river. <laughs> hey, I love baptism, river baptism. So I don't know when we're going to do this, but hey, some of you others need to be baptized, and you may not want to be baptized in the river, and that is okay. But I'll let you know. We're going to make sure that Cade gets home for this uh, big event. And uh, little Ella's daddy, let's sit with you, Mama, if you want to. Little Ella's daddy's somewhere in the air right now. He's a medic on the helicopter, and he couldn't be here today. So you pray for Ken, okay? He deals with life every day on the ground and in the air. But I praise God for this family who has allowed this child at a young age, to accept Christ. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't hold them back. Let them come to me. Okay, Lynn, you come and uh, take them out there. And folk, go by and speak to little Ellie. She's precious. She is a miracle baby. She is a miracle child. More happened to her than ever has happened to me in my whole life. Make sure you drop your care cards. Uh, in the basket next Sunday. Make sure you read the flyer. Make sure you fill it out for a biscuit. Make sure you fill it out for a Wednesday night meal if you plan to come. Listen, y'all, we might as well get back like we used to. You go to Walmart, you got to dodge people. You go to Lowe's, you got to dodge people. You go out to eat, you got to sit and wait. So, what's wrong with church? You know, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. But I thank all of you who are here today. I hope God will bless you. I know he will. And uh, I'll, I will look forward to seeing your name pop up tonight. I love seeing your name. And so, hey, I hope you're watching. And uh, as we share the word of God again tonight. Okay? Okay, somebody. Brother Dave Miller, you come and dismiss us this morning and go by and speak to little Ella, okay? I hope you have a great day and God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for this opportunity to be in your house. Thank you especially for this time of year that we're remembering the suffering that you went through, remembering what you did for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. We thank you so much for that. pray you will be with us in this coming week as we 
continue to focus on you, what you did for us, and, and what the end result was, what, what we have now that we can claim as our own. Thank you so much for that. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.